Hey, welcome to Mikey Pod. This is episode 164. Wow, I came out of the gate uh, like a bull in a china shop. Is that what? They... Episode 164. This is January 6th, 2013. And uh, Corey Dargo will be making a return visit today to the show. Uh, but first, here's propaganda with Dream Within a Dream. All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream.
So happy new year, happy, happy Christmas, etc. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, yeah. Uh, happy, yeah, the happy, happy. So it's a new year, new stuff is going on. Um, <laughs> here's a podcast. I'm lining up some interviews for us to keep this thing rolling again. I'd like to do this in the new year. Um, it, I have some new content coming out. I'm working on writing. And if you want to check some of that stuff out, I started started vlogging, vlogging about it. Is there a more ridiculous word? I think there isn't. But I'm doing it. Uh, MichaelHeron.com. Uh, the website is almost finished. And um, I'll be writing and videoing and send, putting up samples of this show that I'm writing. Yeah. So um, with that in mind, I'm trying to get this going, too. I want to create more stuff. So... This is part of it. Corey Dargle is joining me later today, one of my favorite composers and um, a great guy, too. I think that's all I've got to say. Let's do a set of music. Oh, before I forget, there is uh, there are a couple of Corey Dargle's songs that I'll be playing in this show. And I want to make sure I say before I forget that they are mock-ups of songs that will be on his album that's coming out in uh 2014, beginning of 2014. He was nice enough to send these samples, and it's really cool to hear them in conjunction with our interview. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, here's Nikki and the Dove with Tomorrow.
from his latest album, I'm Not Ready for the Grave Yet. That was B. Fleischman with the track Don't Follow. Before that, Symphonia 9 from Grimes. Her album is called Visions on the ever-amazing 4AD. Um, ah, I've been following that label for years. So many great things. And uh, Nick and the Dove for my friend uh, David Embry, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, San Francisco. He told me about them. And he was right. I love them quite a much. Uh, all of these uh, artists and songs and links to their websites will be on the web, my website at MikeyPod.com. Let's go on. Let's do some uh, Corey Dargle. Here is a, a mock-up from a song from his forthcoming album. Um, it's called There's Nothing There. And following this track, we'll have uh, our interview. Joining me now is Corey Dargle. Uh, welcome to the show, Corey. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for coming on. You have a show coming up, which is what inspired this uh, discussion. So, uh, And there's new music, which I'm so excited about. Corey has been on the show before, if uh, those of you who haven't been listening for a long time. And um, yeah, so I, I feel like a, a small, a, to a small degree, a Corey Dargle fanboy. So 
Yay. I'm excited there's new music. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be back on the show. It's uh, always enjoy talking to you. Awesome. So uh, the new, uh, it's a song cycle, yeah? Hold Yourself Together? Yeah, that's what we're doing on uh, January 7th, which is a Monday night in New York City at the um, at the venue Le Poisson Rouge, which is in the West Village. And uh, it's a song cycle about composure. And it's... It's uh, it's going to be on my next album, which will be out in 2014, early 2014. And it's about a 30 minute long uh, set of songs for uh, me singing with electric guitars, um, synthesizers, drum tracks and electric bass, um, all of which, except for the drum tracks, are performed live. Oh, excellent. This is a a big step for me doing using... um, using synthetic instruments and electric instruments and having them all performed live because in the past I've just done that myself. I've, you know, I've made records, um, with, uh, with synthesizers and my voice and I'm just doing all the instruments, all the synthesizers, everything. And so, uh, as you know, my last album, someone will take care of me involved a, um, uh, what you might call a chamber ensemble piece, a classical chamber ensemble piece that although it was amplified was all acoustic and all uh, classical instruments with the exception of a drum set, but it was an acoustic drum set. So now I'm moving for this new record. I'm moving toward um, uh, electric sounds, synthetic sounds and uh uh, uh, just more, more electricity, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is, is that, um, was there a p- specific reasoning behind that or just something you felt interested in moving toward? Um, and there's no strategy, you know, I, I don't, I don't think of my work in terms of a, a sort of, you know, a, a trajectory from one thing to another and, or, 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 or progressive in some way, uh, in the, in the, you know, not in the sense, not in the political sense, but, you know, in the, in the, uh, trajectory sense, in the yeah. historical sense or whatever. I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I just don't, I don't see my work as having any, as overall having any particular shape or, or direction or goal. Um, each project brings with it its own, demands and its own, like it, you know, each project wants its own set of instruments. And it just so happens that the, the next two, uh, or the most recent two song cycles that I've made, uh, involve, uh, lots of electronics and synths and drum machines and things like that. So, uh, but it also involves, uh, live performance. Um, so this is kind of, uh, uh, a, 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 you know, sort of a, a melding of the two things that I have done in the past. Uh, so I guess in that sense, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a step in, in that direction, uh, you know, from acoustic instruments and electronic instruments to bringing them all together, um, and having, uh, live performers realize, uh, synthetic, or electronic sounds in real time. With uh, the orchestration or the, the arrangements of these pieces, are they um, 
static may not be the best word to use, but are they all written and do they happen exactly the same each time or is there an element of um, improvisation allowed in them? No, no, no. Uh, they're all very precisely notated and they require um, musicians who are schooled in both classical music and uh, rock music, for lack of a better word. Uh, in other words, people who can read music, who can play tricky rhythms, but who understand what it means to have a groove as a band. So yeah. that's, that's, that's what I'm after in these pieces. And that's what, that's what I kind of like about your music. I think even with um, Someone Will Take Care of Me, um, there's a sense of that. Uh, well, it's such a nice balance of uh, classical and pop doesn't feel like the right word, but those two, like it's a nice mix of whatever those two things are. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, the groove is important to me. And because I've been influenced by composers like Steve Reich and Philip Glass and Michael Nyman and uh, Meredith Monk and Eve Beglarian and, you know, people who, whose music does not rely on tempo changes or, uh, dramatic gestures that involve things like rubato, which means sort of slowing down to make things more expressive. And um, I'm just more, I'm interested in keeping the groove going, keeping the pulse going and relying on other things to, uh, to move people emotionally in my songs and to tell stories in my songs. Um, so that's what, that's what makes me different from a lot of uh, sort of, uh, more classical composers who mm -hmm. uh, uh working with orchestras and things where where you where you get these dramatic gestures that have to do with slowing the tempo down and speeding the tempo up in these sort of um, um you know dramatic and expressive ways um I try to avoid that and to uh to let the drama and the expressivity and the emotions come through um in other ways. Um, and what those other ways are is difficult to explain. It's very intuitive to me, but it, it has, I guess it has a lot to do with sort of the, the combination of words and music and the sometimes, or rather, I guess often, oftentimes, uh, sort of contradictory, uh, emotions expressed in the words and the accompaniment to the words, the musical accompaniment to the words. Um, and groove is a very important part of that. I think not, not stopping, not, uh, you know, just keeping the pulse going, keeping the music going. I want to make something emotional happen within that rule, within that rule of keeping the beat going and keeping the pulse going. And I think that's what, that's what makes my music sound a little bit like pop, you know, that even mm -hmm. though that's not the right word to use, but you know, it sounds like rock or pop because it it maintains this groove, this pulse, even though the time signatures and the the, the rhythms might be really complicated. Um, my goal is not to make you feel as a listener like you're listening to something extremely complicated and uh, inscrutable, you know. <laughs> 
That's like one of the things I noticed about your work, and it's kind of coming to me now as you're describing that, is that within that groove that happens, there is like a lot of starting and stopping with individual instruments. It seems like, and I'm wondering if I'm perceiving this correctly, but it seems like the groove like kind of gets tossed back and forth, especially with the chamber music feeling things. Um, is that, it's intricate, I think is the word I'm thinking of. Is that, do you come yeah. up... Do you work from that standpoint with those? Do you come up with those grooves and then um, mel- like a melody line over that? Or do you have a melody first and, and the accompaniment happens? Well, I always start writing by writing the accompaniments for my songs before I even think about what the lyrics will be or what the vocal melody will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the accompaniments, I want there to be melodies. So they end up being sort of counter melodies to what I eventually come up with as the vocal line. And, and you're right that there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, passing, passing lines back and forth between instruments. And there are moments of silence where the pulse is implied, but you don't hear it. Um, and so, you know, the, those are the, some of the kind of, of, of techniques or tricks that I use in the music to, uh, to surprise people because I think surprise, even, even minimal surprise is, uh, uh, is important to keep listeners engaged. I think you have to, you have to have that. So, um, another word for, for that would be counterpoint, you know, from a, from a more traditional, uh, composerly point of view. It's, Mm -hmm. I think of it as counterpoint, passing melodies back and forth, doing something called hocketing, which means that, uh, you know, that, that certain notes of the melody, that the melody as a whole is, exists as a line, but that that line is being passed from instrument to instrument. And so you don't hear a single instrument playing the melodic line. You hear the melodic line moving around between instruments and, you know, things like that are, are, uh, are techniques that I use, um, uh, within the groove oriented framework. That makes sense. It does. It totally makes sense. It's funny. I wish this needs to be video for moments like that. Cause when you, part of that, I made a face, but no one gets to see it except for my cat. <laughs> Sadly. Wait, 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 what happened? What did you do? <laughs> no, I, I had a moment of like, Oh, when you were describing hocketing, oh. is that the word? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and it just, it's, it's hit me. Cause uh, yeah, as I delve into my own composing again, I, I'm uh, moments like that. Or like, oh, I gotta write that down. I need to try oh, that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look up Hockett on the on the internet's H O C K E T, and uh, you'll find that it's it's actually been around for a long time, and it was excessively used in this rather obscure period of medieval music, where uh, vocalists would sing lines that would that would uh, that would you know trade trade from vocalist to vocalist and it's really uh intricate and complex and surprising for music uh from uh, you know the medieval period it's it's um there's just and i don't know the medieval period of music is just rich it's full of of techniques like hocketing and 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 weird things called isorhythms that what that is is like a, a a rhythm i well it's hard to describe it's a it's a set rhythm that doesn't necessarily line up with the uh, uh, with the bars, with the measures, with the 
uh, phrases, but it, it it gets maintained throughout the piece as a you know as a as a sort of grounding. Um, and so these composers from the specifically from the Ars Nova period and the Ars Subtilior, S U B T I I think T I L I O R Ars Subtilior. Um, those are two uh, time periods in which musicians and composers were doing really bizarre things, uh, but keeping the pulse, interestingly, like pulse was a very important thing to keep back in those times. Um, you know, and then that changed during the uh, Baroque and classical and romantic period, uh, gradually changed through those periods uh, to what we have uh, now, which is... Uh, at least in, in the orchestral world, which is, you know, just a, a kind of either a, 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 a completely impenetrable complexity or um, a sort of, you know, Americana, uh, you know, uh, romantic type of music in the sense that it is extremely dramatic and emotional and all of those signposts are there for you to hear and recognize. And for me, signposts are things that I try to avoid, you know, musical signposts like mm -hmm. that. Like I don't want people to hear my music and think, Oh, this is how I'm supposed to feel about that. I want the music to be open to interpretation and to be felt differently by different listeners. And sometimes that results in people thinking that my music is, is, uh, is sort of a, uh, 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 I don't know, there's sort of a blandness to it, but I see it completely differently. I think it just depends on the listener, you know. I'm just, yes, it's bland to you if you're used to these extremely dramatic orchestral, you know, film score-y kind of things. Right. Um, but it's not boring if you're used to listening to rock music and you and you get what, you know, and you get, and you're moved by, you know, the Smiths or Morrissey or or um, Kate Bush or, you know, pe people who don't use those kinds of uh, uh, tricks, those kind of orchestral and film score uh, techniques. Let's talk about Hold Yourself Together, because you, you said that it's a, songs about composure. Um, mm -hmm. Can you be more specific? Hold Yourself Together is about composure. It's about but it's also, I think, some through lines that I didn't discover until after I wrote the entire piece. Uh, some other through lines are the theme of loss um, and the theme of um, kind of a phoniness uh, and like uh, a way of being that's, that's, that's phony, that's performed, um, which is, I think, I think both of those things are related to composure and um, you know, because when you suffer a loss, especially a significant loss, you know, as like one of the songs, for example, is about, uh, it's about the loss of a loved one, the death of a loved one. And you wouldn't pick that up from the lyrics. It's not explicit in the lyrics at all, but um, you know, how do we, how do we maintain composure, uh, when everyone else around us seems somewhat oblivious to the fact that we just suffered this immense loss in our life. And, um, so that's one 
So loss is one thing, and it's not just loss of you know it's not it's not always as as serious as 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 death, but it's mm-hmm. also you know the loss of uh, a way of being or the loss of a relationship or the loss of you know something something else um, uh, the 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 loss of 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 connection to people, the feeling of alienation and um, and then how do you like how do we as people maintain composure and is is composure a way of avoiding emotion is composer is composure uh can it be destructive um can it be unhelpful um you know and i say this as someone who suffers from from uh you know anxiety disorder and social awkwardness and um you know i find I find that um, composure is is a, is an interesting for me, to- or a very rich and complicated topic for me. I have very mixed feelings about it. Like, I'm not sure if I believe that we should always be composed, uh, and I'm not sure that I believe that we should never be composed. Um, but um, but you know, I thought about uh, making a T-shirt for this song cycle and for the album when it comes out. Uh, next year in 2014, a t-shirt that says, uh, you know, don't ask me how I'm doing unless you really want to know. Cause that's, that's (laughs) part of, you know, that that's part of what I'm getting at, I think with these songs, but it's all very subtle. You know, it's a, there's, I I think there's plenty of interpretations of, of these songs. And I think one could probably make an argument that although I started with the idea of composure as a as a theme that runs through these these songs, um, that there may be some other theme that runs through them. Uh, there may be some other more prominent theme that I'm just you know that I just accidentally happen to embrace or subconsciously happen to embrace without realizing it, and that um, might be picked up on by people like you and and journalists and critics and you know people who are listening from the outside and not so tied to you know not so personally invested in the music as i am it's that's a great (laughs) uh theme the idea of composure because i think that's what i find really fascinating about your work or one of the things that you're able to choose something like composure that really feels like well what's that you know like my Part my thought was, well, what what are you going to say about composure? And oh, there's all of that 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 we deal with, with right. And I was realizing as I was writing the song, wait, what is the definition of composure? Like, how do I? I mean, how do I? How do I even start? Because I don't really know what composure means. Um, and so I, you know, so I was reading a lot about composure and trying to come up with a with a definition or several definitions of what it is. And I think one of the things that that you hear throughout the song cycle is a number of different definitions of what composure is and a number of different, uh, um, you know, situations in which composure is either useful or not useful and how it, how it's sort of different in different situations, how we would define it differently in different situations. I love that question of like composure really could be described as, dishonesty you know like maintaining one's composure in in spite of something else going on it's i mean it's a lie on some levels it's really interesting to start thinking about that yeah but but it's 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 often a necessary 
lie. I mean, I wouldn't call it a lie so much as a, as a performance, as a performed right. state of being. Like you are performing for people that you're around because maybe you feel awful and someone asks you how you're doing and you say, oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, yeah. it's just, um, so I, w- I wouldn't call it a lie. Um, I think that's a little harsh and maybe too negative, uh-huh. but, um, but I definitely think that oftentimes uh, um, it's a pretense uh, that we are composed and, and, you know, that, that we are composed enough to function, but we have to do it. It's a necessary pretense. We have to, you know, if we're going to keep on living, we often have to maintain composure, whatever that means, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fascinating stuff. Um, we should talk about the show or I'm just going to throw it out there. You're so much better at saying Le Poisson Rouge than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Le Poisson Rouge. Oh, that was good. <laughs> so it's this Monday, January 7th, uh, 7.30, right? Yeah, 7.30 sharp. Doors open at 6.30. Wow. Um, and I'll be okay. performing um, a set of, you know, my set of songs, Hold Yourself Together, about composure. And uh, uh, before me, uh, the wonderful composer Jacob Cooper will be presenting uh, a set of his own songs, um, which are very different from my songs in some ways and, um, and compatible or complementary in other ways. Um, Jacob is, is a really interesting composer who is, I would say, is much more of a radical than I am, um, who is taking these, these groove-oriented ideas and sort of slowing them down or, or, you know, uh, manipulating them in some way that just makes them feel like they're not of this world. And, uh, speaking of not of this world, the, uh, ethereal soprano, Melissa Hughes is performing, um, Jacob's music. And if you've never heard Melissa sing before, uh, you, you'll be in for a great treat. Uh, her voice is astonishing and incredibly versatile, and she will be uh, singing Jacob's incredibly ruminative, but um, but thoroughly engaging uh, songs. Uh, I think that the title of his song cycle is "Silver Threads," and he's commissioned a, a number of of young poets to contribute lyrics for each of the songs. So, uh, and each of the songs, I, I believe, uh, are the, 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 the set of lyrics is extremely short, but the songs are, you know, they stretch those lyrics out over an immense amount of time. I mean, I'm not talking about like 15 minutes, but like five minutes for a haiku, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And so, um, Melissa is... And Melissa is sliding around and doing these microtonal, really beautiful, uh, uh, just strange and 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 uh, uh, oh, I don't I don't know the right word, but but just captivating, strange and captivating um, uh, vocal lines that Jacob has written for her, and it's just it's just wonderful. Uh, very different from my music in the sense that my music is extremely upbeat. <laughs> And uh, usually fast. Uh-huh. And uh, Jacob's music is, although there is a pulse and there is a groove, it is often very, um, you know, very slow and very, very beautiful. 
but um, it's sort of very drawn out in, in a in a in a strange and uh, and interesting way. So, uh, so it, it's going to be a great concert. We've got lots of press coverage, preview coverage, and I think um, I think we're in good shape, and I think everyone's going to love it. So, and it's only fifteen dollars, and it's uh, it's going to be a great evening. So Excellent. I hope people will come. Uh, yeehaw. Well, I'll be there. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, do you have, we're going to listen to something from the song cycle, but we haven't decided yet, or I haven't anyway. Have you given thought to that or should we? I'm going to think about it, um, and, uh, and send you something and, and what I'll be sending you, what you'll be playing is going to be a mock-up of, of one of the songs from hold yourself together because, it's not been studio recorded yet. So what I have are, are these well-produced, but, um, you know, using fake sampled instruments, uh, uh, mock-ups with me singing. And so I'll send you one of those or maybe two of those. And, um, you can pick one of the two, or if you want me to pick one definitively, I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, All right. So then we will now listen to whatever that song is, will be. <laughs> and then i'll tell you the name of it after we listen um but thank you for uh, joining me on the podcast and i'm really looking forward to everything that you've got coming up yeah thanks michael it's been a pleasure
Thank you again to Corey Dargle for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Corey. Uh, the song we wound up with is No Feelings Grown Up Enough. That's from the song Cycle. Hold Yourself Together. Yeah. <laughs> I almost thought I was saying the wrong one. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, I'm getting this show out just under the wire. Um, I'll be there. Corey Dargle at um, Poisson Rouge. I can say it. I can say it. Uh, how about some more music? Um, uh, I'm changing my playlist as I do this. Yeah, let's go with some uh, Nils Fromm. And um, in next in this set, we'll hear um, Room Full of Teeth, a really interesting piece uh, from that this acapella ensemble, uh, Tin Hat and Eve Beglarian.
death It's like a hurricane It's like Farrakhan There is no subtlety in death It's like a hurricane It's like Farrakhan There is no subtlety in death It's like a hurricane It's like Farrakhan There is no subtlety in death It's like a hurricane It's like Farrakhan There is no subtlety in death It's like a hurricane It's like Farrakhan
So when I ask it to jump us over the river into the field I have never before been, I have every reason to believe it will fail, that we will be swept down the river to our deaths. It is a fate for which I am prepared. The blame of our death will rest with the testy pony. And with that, I will be remembered with reverence. And the pony will be remembered with great anger. But with me on its back, the testy pony rears and approaches the river with unfettered bravery. Its leap is glorious. It clears the river with ease, not even getting its pony hooves wet. And then, there we are, on the other side of the river. The sun going down, the pony circling, looking for something to eat in the dirt. Real trust is to do so in the face of clear doubt. And to trust is to love. This is my failure. And for that, I cannot be forgiven.
From the album, The Rain is a Handsome Animal, that was Tin Hat with the track Diminutive. Uh, before that, Eve Beglarian, Testy Pony from her Songs from the River Project. She'll be joining me on the show um, later this month. Uh, Room Full of Teeth, great piece. Uh, that's the name of the group. Uh, Amid the Minotaurs is the name of the album. The uh, oh, Sorry, of the track. The album is also called Room Full of Teeth. And that set started with Nils Fromm. And I'm curious if I'm saying his name correctly. Suddenly I wonder. Uh, that track was called Four. And the album is Juno. Actually, that's a single. I think it was just two tracks on that. Uh, great music as well. So some magic just happened. It dawned on me last minute that I should play something from Jacob Cooper. And uh, I emailed him, having never met him before, and he sent me something to play within like probably a minute or two. So thank you, Jacob. And uh, he'll be sharing the bill with uh, Corey tomorrow night at La Poisson Rouge. Um, yeah. So this track is called Silver Threads. Thanks for listening. MikeyPod.com. If you'd like to send email, MikeyPod at gmail.com. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can just search for it in iTunes, um, MikeyPod, and it'll come up. All right. Um, here's Jacob Cooper's Silver Threads. <laughs> 